0: Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. You know, Paul said to the church of Corinth, the church of Corinth was a very stubborn church. And it was a church very much like the American church here on the Western side of the world. And, and, and this is what Paul said. Paul said, I do Everything, somebody say everything. everything. He said, I do everything to spread the what? The what the what? The what, the what? come on? You can shout back to me the what? Good the good news and the share and its blessings. So Paul is saying I do I do what? Everything. You can say everything. You're everything. You can but he said, I do everything. everything. He said, Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? but only one person gets the prize. So he said, run to win. He said, I run with, with. He said, I run with. Uh, next verse. <laughs> it's okay. No, no, no. Listen, we, have, we also have a new person that's working this in the back. So we want to <laughs> welcome Sayani in the house. So they told me, they told me, Pastor, be nice. That's what they said. They specifically said, it's her first time on, so you better be nice. And I said, who's the person that's going to be on? And they were like, it's going to be Sayani. And I'm like, oh, you crazy? I can't be, I can't be mean to her. Her mom is Nida. And, and she carries two knives in her purse. So uh, we, we, I am nice. But listen. All right. So I'm going to go back to um, Sayani. Let's go back to verse 25. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Next. So, this is what Paul said. So, so I run with purpose, purpose, purpose. Every Getting here to church on a Sunday has to be with purpose. Yes. It has to be with purpose. Yes. Yes. I have to, listen, he said, I do it with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. Come on. Is there another one? I discipline my body like an athlete, and I'm training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might find myself disqualified. All right, so let's go back to the... the, 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 the Sayani, take me back to the picture of the guy running and leave it there take a break. You can take a drink. Like, really, you can drink your coffee now. This is the time, Sayani, to drink your coffee. Let it all... Come on, let's give her a hand. But listen, it is it is frustrating at times to see the amount of Christians that are wasting away the best years of their lives and the God-given gift that God has given them for this world, not living in purpose. And many Christians have been to church all of their lives and they are still in the very same spiritual place, if not even further behind than when it began. And, and many Christians will go to church to convince themselves of how good they are. I go to church because I'm a good person. Going to church for many Christians has become just another box that you get to check in your to-do list that makes you feel good about yourself. And for many people, going to church is just a feel-good place. Churches become like Disney. Church and Disney are now one and the same. The only difference is that for Disney, you could sit around and wait in line for two hours to experience a three-minute experience, but at church, we're not willing to sit two hours for an eternal experience. Wow. Wow. As soon as they said, hey, "Who's preaching? Which one?" Ah, I got too long. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something in Spanish, say I not shoot. I took I took almost a whole mu- over a month off. I got a lot to say. Now, the reason for this, the reason for this can be traced to what the book of Hebrews calls spiritual dullness. Spiritual dullness. I want to read that together with you. Go to Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 through 14. And we're going to read this. I want you to read with me, okay? I want you to pay attention. I want you to read with me. There is much more that we would like to say to you, okay? And and they're writing to this specific church, and they're writing about doctrinal issues, issues of doctrine, issues of maturity and growth. And he said, there is much more that we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull. You don't seem to listen. Could you imagine if I called you into the office and I said that to you? I'd be canceled in this culture. (laughs) Next, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be, you ought to be, you ought to be teaching others. Next, instead, you need someone to teach you. Again, the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and you cannot eat salad food. Next. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do, do right. Next. But solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize difference between what's right and wrong. So listen, it takes know-how and skill to know the difference between right and wrong. Are you listening to me? Many people remain spiritually dull because they don't run to when they run from training and they run from skill development. With the pandemic, online services surged. They surged. What did I say? They surged, they grew because of the obvious circumstance of not being able to meet. For many Christians online services became just another option in doing church. Not out of necessity now. Now it's about convenience. I've heard people say, i like to sit in bed and watch the service from my bed. It's great to sit on my lazy boy with my feet propped up, enjoying my cup of coffee while I'm stroking my dog or my cat. (laughs) George. (laughs) Imagine that being the attitude and the behavior at the sidelines of a race. You, You can't run to win if you don't develop the skill and training needed to know what the race is all about. Or where's the finish line? Or where does it end and when does it begin? Or to know when did I win? There's some people that run like they're trying to win. I want you to know you have already won. You have already won. That's the hard part about running this race. It's convincing your spirit and your soul that the reason you win and the reason you already won is because of what Jesus did on the cross. I said this before last week or several weeks ago. I said this before. I said that Christians should be, should, the, the lives of a Christian should be measurable in their constant growth and their what? And their constant growth and their constant maturity as believers, not still waddling around in the guilt of sin. Don't talk to me. I'm tired of talking about sin. Like, I'm serious. I'm tired. I mean, that's just. As a mature Christian, as a mature Christian, I'm tired of talking about sin. So, so this is what Paul, in Hebrews they were saying, they they believe that Paul is one of the writers of Hebrews, they don't, they can't, they they can't authenticate it, but, but it's believed that it was Paul that wrote the book of Hebrews, that's what they were saying, it was like going, Man, we still gotta go back to basics and this is why many churches can't talk more than anything else other than sin, 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 sin because people can't get past that. The the issue of sin, the penalty of sin has already been dealt with 2,000 years ago on the cross. Jesus said, I did this so that you can live in grace. Growth and maturity just doesn't happen though. There are disciplines somebody say disciplines You know, we all want to call ourselves disciples of Jesus, but nobody wants to be a disciplined Follower of Jesus and that's what that word disciple is you're following the disciplines of Jesus There are disciplines There are investments that we ought to make as Christians so that we can grow and grow and grow listen What defeated me this year? cannot defeat me again next year. If if I've conquered it and my walking in my faith as a Christian, when it comes up next year, I need to walk in the full and the confidence that just the way that I did it last year, I'm going to do it again this year. Why? Because I'm growing. Every step is with purpose. Are you getting that? Go to Romans. Listen to what Paul said in Romans to this church in Rome. He said, this is Paul, and, and I want you to understand how Paul spoke to uh, um, uh, BJ. Come here, my nephew. Come here, BJ. Okay, help BJ, because I know it's dark, and don't run into the camera, because then our whole camera will be... Give me your hand, bro. We're going to get up. I want you to stand there, right? Look how fly he look. Look. Looking all fly. Looking all... Looking all good. <laughs> but, but... So you have to understand, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about, I mean, a thousand years ago in, in how Paul is communicating. There is no internet. There is no internet. There's no phone. There's no electricity. So, so Paul wants to communicate to his church in, in Rome. And this is what he is saying. Stay right there. Don't move, BJ. You're literally just staying. Just, okay, just don't do anything, but just stay there and look handsome as you are. He said, and he's writing, I long to visit you so that I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, when we get together, what do you need? Oh, he's out of frame. They want you to be on a frame because you're handsome. All right. A little more. He's a little more okay they're they're watching they're watching you bro you about to go viral bro bro we're about to do this <laughs> forget TikTok. we're about to blow this down all right here we go he said he said when we get together i want to encourage you in your faith but i also want to be encouraged by yours do you know how discouraging it is sometimes they have to keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. I got to go home and I go like, I don't think they're getting it. I just, I just don't think they're getting it. And Paul is saying, I want to encourage you, but in my encouraging you, I want to be encouraged. And he said, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I've been prevented until now. I want to work among you and see what spiritual fruit just as I have seen I've seen among other Gentiles for I have a great sense of obligation what did he say he has a what obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world to the educated and educated alike so I am eager to come to you in Rome Two to preach. the what? Good news. The what? Good news. The what? Good news. The good news. Thank you, B.J. Now, grab one? Now, the common thread in, this script, in these scriptures that we just finished reading is the "I and you" narrative. Paul is writing, Paul is writing to someone that he wants to have measurable growth. There is a, I'm sorry, BJ, I'm sorry. Let's get you again. I'm, I'm sorry. This is exercise, bro. Got you, got you. Got me? Right here. There, there, is a, there is a teacher and there is a learner. There is one who teaches and then there is one who learns. Then, somebody say then. Then. Then at some point. The learner becomes a what? A teacher to a. Come here, uh, Alia. Quick, we're not related at all. <laughs> then the teacher becomes the what? The teacher is. This is this is this is completely wrong. You saw where we were going with this. You saw it, but it, it didn't do that, right? Listen, and there's a constant, there's a constant. Listen, guys, there's a constant what cycle? There's there's a teacher, there's a learner. Then the teacher teaches the learner. And then describe um, BJ. Boom, have a seat. Come here, Mr. Mr. Will. Papa Will, come here, Papa Will. You come up. Y'all need me grab your hand, too. And then the beauty of the gospel the beauty of the gospel is that it it doesn't require it doesn't require you to have any qualifications other than the power of the Holy Spirit so that so that you in turn then She can in turn now be qualified, not because of her age, not because of her gender, not because of her qualifications, but just because of the love of Jesus Christ manifested by way of the Holy Spirit now qualifies her to be a teacher to a new learner. Are you getting this? And it doesn't matter how old, it doesn't matter how young, it doesn't matter whether you're white, whether you're black, it doesn't matter. That's an amazing thing. All right, guys, have a seat. Now, I shared last week that I keep saying last week I wasn't here last week. Uh, somebody else was teaching. I was a month ago. Deantre. Wow, that felt good. <laughs> oh my God, it was a month ago. What was I doing a month ago? Like, what? Was I working? Was I working? Shit, I was working on my cooking. (laughs) After paprika. (laughs) So I shared last month that the pandemic, outside of its viral properties, has had a crippling and a devastating spiritual component that has rendered many and many, many, many churches inoperable. There were many churches that had to close during the pandemic that haven't been able to open up again. They've had to shut down. And there are... One of the reasons for this is because there's just not enough mature Christians that are willing to train and help younger infant Christians to gain the eternal skills that are needed so that this young generation can continue to run and win their race. And there are many... Mature Christians that are being lazy and sitting home and not wanting to do what God has called them to do. And I want you to know that that is a ploy and a plot of the enemy. And I sincerely believe that this pandemic has been an attack from the enemy, deliberately declaring a, 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 a full blown assault on our elderly demographic with an intentional assault on one thing. On one thing, are you ready? You ready wisdom Say wisdom with me say wisdom Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 just the first part of the verse says my people are destroyed for lack of what knowledge knowledge The easiest way to defeat a people is to rob them of learning you want to defeat a people rob them of learning Cripple them if you are an educator and you're here, you know, I'm speaking truth You wanna cripple a people, a generation, take away their learning. Rob a nation of its wisdom and you leave them in utter chaos. All around the globe, many churches lost a senior pastor, they lost elders, they, they lost deacons, people that were a constant source of wisdom for the younger generation. Or bring all of this up because it's up to you it's up to us as godly people to reach back at our younger generation come here leah come back again Aaliyah. and i want you to stand on this side of oh, on this side over here a, a younger generation to train them and prepare them for the challenges that are ahead some of us are not gonna get this whole new move with online services and technology and the metaverse. We're not gonna understand it. God, because he knows what's ahead, because he's not limited by time, he wants to prepare a new generation for what's ahead. But see, we, the new generation is not receiving the basics of Christianity. So then what are they doing? They're waddling in just sin. Oh, this is sin, and that's sin, and this is sin, and that's sin, and sin, sin, and sin, sin, and sin, sin. Oh, my goodness. Sit right there, Leah, because I'm going to use you again. Just look pretty. In order for us to fulfill God's aim and purpose on earth we ourselves need to be taught we need to grow we need to grow I want you to listen to this definition stuff that I wrote down that I want to give you on the word definition the uh, the, the word definition the, the word definition the word wisdom is a God-given virtual that gives God's children who Who it gives God's children a part of his essence when you have wisdom you are carrying and walking around with a part of God's essence It is literally a spirit. Somebody say a spirit It is a spirit that gives God's children a supernatural ability To see much further than knowledge and much further than earthly intelligence can You know anybody that can solve complex math equations But in real life, they cannot figure out how to navigate their day-to-day challenges. There is a difference between intelligence, knowledge, wisdom. The Bible calls wisdom a what? Spirit. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the, of the, of the what? Of you get that the beauty of wisdom that unlike knowledge and intelligence is and all you have to do is pray to your heavenly father and you can ask him for it and he's going to give you tons of it because he's got tons of you'll never you will never bankrupt the heavens when it comes to wisdom there is so much to give all you have to do is ask James chapter 1 verse 5 quickly I'm sorry. I didn't mean to snap. I didn't mean to snap. I'm going to take that back. I felt that knife come out. She snapped. You snapped your fingers at my daughter. I got you. Calm down, Nada. She needs Jesus too. She still got milk over there. You need to get some solid food. You need to stop with all your violence. Leave all that stuff. God changed you, Nada. Come to Jesus. James chapter one, verse five says that if you need, if you need to ask our generous God and he will give it to you, he's not going to rebuke you for asking. He's going to give it to you. I mean, that's good news. Solomon, Solomon asked God for wisdom and this pleased God so much that God gave him even the stuff Solomon didn't ask for. I want you to read this together with me. We're going to go next. Um, to 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. We're going to read together. This is, this is Solomon. Now, I want you to understand, this is the successor. The king died, his father died, David, and now he leaves Solomon. And, and this is Solomon speaking to God in prayer. This is his prayer. It's right there so that you can read it. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father, David but I'm like, I'm like who doesn't know his way around. Huh. Next. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation that is so great numerous that cannot be counted. Next. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. Next, for who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for what? Wisdom. You can have a seat, Leah. I think I'm done for right now. Too many times in our prayers, we're asking God for all of the ancillary stuff, all of the extra stuff. We pray for all of the extra stuff instead of praying for what we ought to be praying for. And there's something to learn in this prayer that I want you all to leave here today with. I'm going to share this. There's some principles here in this prayer because that we have been taught in the American, the, the Western world, we've been taught this, this name it, claim it, proclaim it, demand it. What? What? You are a parent. You know that your children do not demand and do not proclaim You know that So I don't know where that gospel came from but we got to be careful with that So listen to this (laughs) If you are a parent listen if you are a parent and you know that you yourselves your children don't demand they don't proclaim you know that. And if they do, then that means that they're spoiled. That's right. You tell her, Skylar. She, Skylar got it. Y'all thought she was protesting. Skylar got it. Good job, Alicia, teaching her daughter already. Good. Da, da 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 Yeah. So listen to what God replied. I love this. Listen to how God replies to this prayer. So God replied... Because you asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for what? You didn't ask for what? Life life. You didn't ask for life or wealth or the death of my enemies. Let me tell you i prayed for the death of many people sometimes. I've done that. I'm guilty of that. Kill him! <laughs> Lord, kill him! And you're tired. I am going to give you what you ask for I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have continue and I will I will I will I will listen Many of us don't know the also of God because we don't know how to pray. And I will also give you what you did not ask. There is stuff that God just wants to give you that's not even been in your prayers. But see, you're just praying wrong the whole time. So I'm going to listen. You did not ask for riches. How many times people are asking for, Lord, I need that job and I need this. I need more money. Money cometh. I remember I heard that teaching. Man, I will wake up in the morning and go to my backyard, four o'clock, five o'clock. Money cometh. Money cometh. And money cometh. Money cometh. My bills are stacking up. God's not going to go work. Go work. Go work. Go work. i will also give you what you did not ask for riches and fame no other king in all of the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life and and if you get a chance read the whole story because there were some conditions that god gave this man and then this man ended up violating those conditions many of you know and i've shared we can go back to that picture um sayani Sayani, I think that was all of the scriptures. Sayani. Sayani, run over here real quick. Run over here. Run over here real quick. Run over here real quick. Come on. (laughs) This is my girl. This is my girl. Look at how amazing it's me. Thank you. So I just want everybody... She's the one that's responsible for all of those scriptures. Okay, good job. Thank you. Thank you. Love you, Mommy. amazing. Amazing. Man, that kid. I remember her coming to this church five years ago and telling her mom, "I don't want to go to I want to go to that church." And then her mom's like, "I don't know what to do." I was like, "You better get her to the church." And she's been here five years since working. And it's just amazing to see, her. just to see her growth. Listen. I shared with you all about my marriage with Becky. We've been we're going on 33 years of marriage this year. And and I know and many of you clap, but the, the whole story was not a pretty story. 12 years after we were married, our relationship came to a halt. Everything came crashing down. Nothing in my life mattered. I had a successful uh, commercial painting company with my brother and, and things just took off on our business. They, our, our, bi- just, our things just, man, it just started to grow. We had 12 employees and we had over 19 commercial properties that uh, throughout the tri-state area that we were responsible for uh, with all of the um, commercial painting. And um, so, so it, to me, it seemed like life was good. And then out of left field, Twelve years after our marriage, Becky's asking me for a divorce. She wrote it down on a letter, and she put it down. It was a it was a note. It was a po- she she went to. It was a postcard. She's gonna give me a postcard to tell me she wants a divorce. Like, be nice. Put it on paper, just regular paper. Well, she she want She put it on a postcard. It was like psych, and I'm like what? And then she said, I, I want a divorce and I didn't know what to do I was like Solomon in this situation I too was like a lost child in that situation just like many of you are right now lost in a particular situation you're lost you don't know what to do so I did what I knew how to do and that was to work harder and buy her more stuff (laughs) and it didn't work she was just telling me I want out of this marriage so then I did the next thing I could think of I took her on expensive vacations now how many know that if you were crappy in Delaware you could be in Hawaii and you're still pretty crappy did you hear that? And some of you are thinking that I'm going to change locations and that's going to make things better. No, man, you're crappy in Delaware. You're going to be crappy in Texas. You're going to be crappy in Paris. You're going to be... Cra- Should I be using that word crappy? Maybe not. Doc, Doctor, is that acceptable? It is? Okay. All right. She said it. So her name is Dr. Gladys Reese. She said that I can say this. So if anything, see her. She's an educator. Now listen, but but ma- many times, many of us, Many of us, we, we think that just because we leave a state or we leave an area, it's going to make the situation better. What's up, bro? Where's no security? Security! What's going on, man? I love you, son. Love you. He's just saying goodbye because he has to go. He's got, see, he's got, he got wrapped stuff up. The young generation, like a pop, you used to be rambling. I got to go. <laughs> it's my grandson. Handsome. Just like his grandpa. <laughs> and, and, and so, so we would take expensive trips and Becky would go with me to the expensive trips. She, she'd take that benefit. But it wasn't it wasn't helping. It wasn't helping the marriage. So you know what I did next, guys? I went to the gym. That's what I did. I went to the gym. I went to the gym. I went to the gym and I said, man, when she gives a load of these guns. I started to profile. Is Angelo here? Uh, And I was profiling. I was like, oh, as soon as she did, yeah. And and that didn't work. That was a waste of three days in the gym. So, So then I had to finally turn. I had to turn to God. But even turning to God, it seemed like it wasn't working. How many know that there are times that you could turn to God and still stuff stays the same way? Now I don't mean that God wasn't working. What I mean is that the way I turned to God wasn't working. And some of you have turned to God. And it's not that God isn't working, but it's that probably the way you are turning to God isn't working. See, when I turned to God, I turned to God to add God as an addition to everything else I was doing. I wasn't give, I was I was I was giving God the terms I was dictating to God the conditions of how I wanted him to work in my marriage I didn't do what Solomon did and some of us are still not doing what Solomon did Solomon went to God with complete surrender he went to God with a blank canvas with an empty vessel and he said fill it because I don't know what I'm doing there are many times that we come to God but we won't surrender we come to God but we're still half full of garbage we don't want all of God we want some of God and this is precisely what I was doing So I started to pray, and and my prayers were about how much I needed God to change Becky. Literally, I'm telling God, Lord, in my prayers, change that woman, Lord. You know, she's a devil. She's not like me. I go to church every Sunday. I sing, I pray. I go to church. I read my Bible. I give offerings. I fast. I dress a certain way. I look a certain way. She's the devil. Change her. I'm literally telling the potter what to do with the clay. Change her. I want you to change her mind. I want you to change your heart. I want you to change the way she speaks to me. Leave her body and leave her face. I like that part. Leave the cooking. I like that part too. But I want you to change the part that when I yell at her, she yells back at me. And I want you to change and when I yell at her and I have my outbursts of anger, and she stands up for herself, I don't want her to do that. How many know that that's a dumb prayer? How many know that's a dumb prayer? That's a dumb prayer. And and God is God is like. Poor kid. Man, get this kid some medicine or something. Eh? Poor kid. But many of us are still praying like that right now. And it may not be for a backy, but it could be it could be for different things that you're praying for. And you're praying the wrong way. And I finally have to change the way I prayed. And I have to change my approach to God and pray like, like Solomon prayed. And pray in wisdom and for, for wisdom and with wisdom. So number 1, let me give you this real quick. When I approached God in my prayer, when I approached God in my prayer, this was the this was sometimes the only thing I would say to God. Could we put that up? I think I gave it to you all as a prayer. Listen, this is what I said to God. I said, "I don't know what I'm doing." I changed the way I I don't know what I'm doing in marriage. I don't know what I'm doing. I go to church and and I don't like what the church is telling me lately about how to treat my wife and how to treat this woman. I have to go to God and say I don't know what I'm doing, and I want to tell you there you got to change some of the ways you're praying. You got to go you got to go with full surrender and tell God I don't know what I'm doing with my son or I don't know what I'm doing with my daughter. But I don't want to lose them. I need your help. I don't know what I'm doing. Get out of God's way. Number two, I had to acknowledge my limitations. Listen, Solomon was a king during peace times. David, his father, was a king during times of war his skill set his training would not help him in times of peace so he had to go with an empty canvas to say Lord I don't know what I'm doing but somebody say "but." but go to number three I ask God to give me the tools the tools that were going to be needed to the assignment that he had given me. I didn't see Becky as my problem, I now saw her as an assignment that God had given me. See, many of us see some of the obstacles we have in life as an as a as a as an obstacle or as a ploy or a plot of the enemy. And it could be an assignment that God has given you. So I had to look at Becky. Not as my rival, but uh-oh, this is an assignment, Lord. Oh, I had to ask you. I didn't know. So I said, I need the tools for this assignment. I was approaching Becky like I approach my business. I wanted to fix. That's what I do, I'm a fixer. I fix stuff. I was about to say crap again. What's wrong with me? It does that, in that context, it doesn't fit. You can't say that. So not good. But I fix stuff. That's what I do. I fix stuff. And many of us men, that's what we do. We fix stuff. Well, hopefully some of you guys fix stuff. But, but we want to fix situations. So I was approaching my marriage trying to fix it. I had to come to the realization that Becky was not my work. She was God's work. And some of you need to understand that your husband is not your work. He's God's work. Some of us need to understand that your children are not your work. They are God's work. Is somebody getting this? And relationships. And and parents. And family. It's God's work. I I can't fix what is broken. So I had to go to the manufacturer. I didn't make Becky. I didn't create Becky. To me, that girl is jacked up. Beyond repair. I don't know what's wrong, man. This thing is broken. It's messed up. She's crazy. <laughs> Nothing is going to get through her ever. <laughs> now, I want you to guys. I want you guys to know this. My father, my sister is right here, so so she knows I'm not lying. My father loved Becky. My father, my father literally raised Becky. Becky and I got together, she was 16, I was 17 years old. Pastor Pablo is the result of teenage pregnancy. Okay? And and and, and so we got married very young, very young kids. It just we didn't know what we were doing. My father loved Becky. But listen, 12 years into this marriage, when everything was going the way it went, I went to my father, who happened to be my pastor at that time, and I said, Dad. I don't know what else to do. You know what my father said to me? He said, "Son, you've tried hard enough." He said, "You are a good guy. I don't think you're going to have a hard time finding another wife." Okay, get? That's what he said to me. Ouch. How many know that sometimes God can even use, I'm sorry, that sometimes sometimes we as Christians can make ourselves so susceptible to be used by Satan to speak into your lives? You got to be careful. This is why I tell you, don't go through life paying attention. Listen, just listening to everything that I'm saying, this is why I give you word. It's his word that won't come back void. I will jack you up. Are, Are you understanding that? So this is why I tell you go home you need to read this stuff for yourself this is why many couples and marriages and are such a mess because the pastor is the one of influence in their lives that should not be that I should have some influence but this isn't but I had to come to the realization that Becky was God's work God made her so then my prayers began to change and I started to ask God, oh God how can I play? How can I play a role in what you're doing in Becky's life? How can I be used? That was a lot different than what I was told to do. You know what God did? Are you ready? You know what God did when I started to pray that? Are you ready? You wanna know what God did? God to jack you up, man. He gotta mess you up sometimes. This is what God did to me. Let's go to the next point. You know what God did? Heart transplant. What? Yeah, that's what God did. He changed my heart. He changed my heart. See, God couldn't work with this heart. God kept Becky exactly as Becky was. He kept her crazy. He he kept her confrontational. He he kept her outspoken. He kept her sometimes irreverent. He, He just kept her. And you know what he did? He gave Becky another husband. There are times... See, Becky wasn't the problem. I was the problem. Are you understanding? She was... So down. She wasn't broken. I was broken. See, and some of us are approaching some stuff because you think you're good. None of us are good. Jesus said that. Why do you call me good? None of us are good. Only the Father is good. None of us. I don't care how big your Bible is. I don't care all of the scriptures. I don't care. You're not good. Only God is good. BJ, did you hear that? Did you hear that? So stop it. Thinking you're all good and sanctified and all of that. <laughs> but we have to change the way we pray. We have to change the way we approach God in our circumstances, in our hardship. In our struggles. Send to your feet. Did you get something out of that? Amen. Oh, y'all can't clap for Yeah, oh, yeah, Clap for that clap. Y'all clap for Pastor Papo. <laughs> now listen. Look at Pastor Papo running. You better run. <laughs> Listen, I know that some of us here today and some of us that are watching online, uh, listen, the struggle is real. And in particular during these times, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what's next. Some of us have had career changes and shifts and we have to change, you know. Uh, 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 places and jobs and positions and and now the the wife is the one that's working and the husband is home and he he doesn't know how to figure stuff. out. It's a mess. Kids are home and they should be in school and and it's just everywhere we look it's 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 tough. It's you know we can't afford stuff and food is expensive and oh uh, you know it's just things things are getting out of hand. But I I want you to know that God is in control. He's got the last word. Listen. 's got the last, he's got the last word over the Russia the, the, the Russia and Ukraine situation. he's got the last word. He, he's got the last word in the economy he's got the last word in what's going to happen with his church. The Bible says that his church, his church will prevail. Who's his church? We are, we are the church. He says that the gates of Hades will not will not be able to defeat. you are the church. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.